Hello. Hi. Hey, is it me? <laughs> is it you? Who is it? I don't know. It's Taylor. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Wicked Side. Hello, you, everybody. Where you can do anything you want when you're sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. No. Aww. Well, anyway, welcome to <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Wicked Side. I'm Taylor. I'm Brenna. Sub. Sorry, it's we just had pizza and I burped. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. Apologies. All that dairy. It's not ladylike. She got the spicy burps earlier. I had the spicy burp earlier. Yes, that was not fun. I made Those are horrible. I made Brenna a chicken sandwich and. Um, I said, I asked Nigel, I said, do you think this is too spicy? And he was like, no, it's not spicy at all. And I was like, cool. Granted, we fucking love we spicy. We like spicy food. stuff, so it wasn't spicy to us. But So I put the spicy mayo that I made on the the bottom bun, and then I put regular mayo on the top, because I thought it'll <laughs> counteract each other. And boy, I was very wrong. Very. Yeah. Very wrong. No. Don't get me wrong. It was very good. It was yep. very good. It was just, I'm like, I'm too weak. Yeah. <laughs> too weak. Yeah. I can't deal with it. Pepper even gets to me sometimes. I'm just, like I'm, that's the pepper? whitest of the white. I am. I, I am. Yeah. yeah. Like black Damn. pepper. Sometimes I can't do if there's too much of it. It just gets to me. Yeah. So mm. yeah. it doesn't affect my stomach yeah. like spice does, but yeah, anything even remotely spicy, I like my stomach starts to hurt. So yeah. just yay! <laughs> I live for the yeah. pain. Yeah, same. I'm like, if if this doesn't hurt my asshole when it comes oh, out, dude. I don't want to mm-hmm. eat it. Yeah, if I'm spicy pooping like twenty times after a meal, shit. Yeah, if yeah. I don't feel like I'm gonna die, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just think it's hilarious because like I I'm tattooed. I've got purple hair. I I look all kinds of like spicy, but then my taste buds are very khaki. They yes. are very yeah. khaki. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're very suburban dad. You know, missionary sex kind of. Thing. <laughs> but you know what? Suburban dads, suburban dads are always the ones that are like the hotter the better. Yeah, and then they will just eat fucking like ghost peppers because they're like I, I like it and they're like sweating <laughs> yeah and they're like always trying to get into the the Am I cool yet son yeah, whose dick is bigger competition yeah, you know yeah. yes mm-hmm. it's yeah. always the white suburban dads yeah. yeah every white suburban dad I know is like oh yeah I love spicy food <sighs> you had the oh, spicy God. Doritos <laughs> That right. makes me think of it like a random story because everything makes me think of a random story. That's fair. But um, I remember like we had a uh, we had a guy a younger guy used to work here for a while, and boss uh, you guys have all probably heard me talk about boss before. Um, yeah. The guy I work for who's amazing. He's a great guy. Um, they were getting back. It was a younger man, older man, dick measuring competition. They were going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just sitting there listening to it, bored out of my mind. And all of a sudden, um, boss pipes up. Brenna has the biggest dick. And then without missing a beat, I go, in my sock drawer. And <laughs> both of them fell out laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. Boss was, like, red-faced laughing. <laughs> this kid, this poor kid, like, from the collar of a shirt to the roots of his hair, his face turned red. And he's like, yeah. oh, my God, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh it was just gosh. fun. Yeah. I love so, that. Also fits very in theme with what we're talking about today. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, yes. I um just one more note before we get started. Yeah. Um, I've recently taken to taken to taking the dildo out of my drawer and just suction cupping it to the wall. It is yeah. hilarious. And letting it hang over our bed while we sleep. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So if it falls off, somebody gets hit in the face with a dick. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. So, I don't you think know, it's fallen. It hasn't fallen yet. Yeah, not yet. It's got that yeah. suction cup, man. That was quality. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. A- Adam and Eve. <laughs> I don't know. Sponsor? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> When I'm having a shitty day, my favorite thing to do is to go to geekysextoys.com. That's a, that's a thing? <laughs> that's, that's a thing, and it is hilarious. The names alone, the punny names, are just wonderful. They Wait, have we're like doing research on the spot. Oh, yeah. Well, they, have, they have a dildo that looks like uh, John Snow's sword. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. And they call it Game of Moans. I love that. <laughs> That's what I want for my birthday. Yeah, they had, um, I don't know if they still, they have like uh, Pokemon themed stuff. They had, um, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, which is a little, meh, but yeah. it's still funny. But they had Rick and Morty stuff. Um, they had a bunch of Avengers stuff. See, I don't know if I could put so, anything that was Rick and Morty themed up in my cooch. I don't yeah. think I could. 
No, but um, it was still really fucking funny. It's just hilarious. They had Sailor Moon stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my god. Lightsabers. What is that? What is the last one? Sailor Moon's wand. Dro Dong. Oh yeah, Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. So, you know, if you ever have a bad day, geekysextoys.com. They have different keys. will put a smile on your face, I promise. Geeky Sex Toys, can you give us a sponsorship, please? That's so This is free advertisement for you. They oh, have. literally, they have like they have um, like Star Wars themed and Doctor Who themed Hentai, stuff, and... pop culture, sci-fi, yep. fantasy, all of Halloween. It. If you're a nerd, there's a chance they've made something <laughs> just for you. That's so. hilarious! Wow, the most I ever find online is like those weird furry sites that uh-huh. sell like ovipostors. You know what that is? Mm-mm. Oh, ovipostors! Uh, educate me. Oh, great. Okay, so ovipostors are dildos. Uh-huh. That are hollow, okay? Okay. And then you make these gelatin eggs that go inside of them. Yeah. And then you deposit those eggs into your cooter. Why? Or butthole. Or whatever hole you choose, really. <clears throat> and then they dissolve in there. Huh. Okay. Or you can poop them out. You can squat them out. Cause it's, What's the purpose? It's, it's like a, a fantasy that people have about aliens laying eggs in them. Oh, you did tell me about that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like the whole alien xenomorph kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about before, we don't ever want to kink shame everybody, but that's a new one. If that's what you're into, man, more power to you. It's not my thing personally. Nope, I'm good. And I (laughs) I find it quite interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, they've got some crazy ones on there, tentacle ones. And... There is a few tentacles on um, on there, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although some of the shit, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't get down with you owning a dog dick dildo. I yeah, no, that's weird. That. It's I'm fucking super weird. bookmark this. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking Seriously, funny. a friend of mine uh, went through a breakup, and we spent three hours on that <laughs> website just, like, screenshotting pictures yeah. of stuff, sending it back oh, and forth until she was in right a good now. mood. Oh I'm sending it to my boss. So. Yep. Sending it to my boss. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You ever want to make a? You ever want to make somebody smile? Yeah. Show them that shit. It's um, hilarious. Before we get into it, I would like to point out they have a zombie dildo uncut <laughs> for sixty nine dollars. Oh, that's all I got. Will you buy that for me? Yeah, sure. You want a zombie dick dildo? I, yes, I do. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if my mom has actually listened to our show yet. Yeah. Like, I know she supports us on, like, Facebook and everything. Love you, Mom. Oh, I swear God. to God, this is probably going to be the one she listens to. Oh, no. I know. Sorry, Ann. She just became friends with me, too, on Facebook. Did she? Yeah. And she's left some very sweet comments. And His mom yeah. is the nicest person, yeah. especially yeah. on Facebook. You post a selfie, she's going to hype that shit up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she's just the best. I think, I think she did yeah. when I got my hair touched up. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. she really seems to like the pictures yeah. of my daughter. She's like... Oh my gosh, my she's so cute. And I'm like, thank you. She's the super <laughs> saiyan of mom. She is the she's best. Just... But she's probably going to listen to this one first. Sorry. Sorry. I know that we stick dildos to our walls. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. See, my, my mom listens too, but unfortunately, like, this is like. Yeah. Her yeah. kids are just assholes. Well, yeah. So she's yeah. used to us. By my now. mom's so cool. She'll just be like, oh, they're so funny. Mm-hmm. Your mom, can we tell a story real quick? One, I don't want to embarrass your mom, but this is one, so fun. Yes. The the peanuts one. Okay. Oh, what? God. Yeah. So when me and Nigel. Oh, it's weird. It's funny though. Oh, but it's weird. Well, we can just cut it if you change your mind. All right. All right. So when me and Nigel like first year of us dating, uh-huh. it was the first time I ever went over to his mom's house ever, uh-huh. and um. And stayed the night, at least. But, um, so Nigel, his mom comes downstairs, and mind you, we're naked. We and did the do. We did the do, and we're naked. Mm-hmm. And Nigel's mom comes down, she knocks on the door, and Nigel says, come in! <laughs> and I was like, I was like, don't come in! <laughs> and I was just, oh, she's cool. And she just what? opens the door and says, do you guys want any snacks? I've got peanuts upstairs. <laughs> just, it was like the mean girls. <laughs> Never, never would my parents do that. <laughs> I, I'm 34 and I still think my mom is like, no, you two don't do anything. It's yeah. all like Barbie yeah. and Ken parts as far as she knows. <laughs> right. So, and I'm, to be fair, I'm the same way with her. I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, so, no, I don't but, know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we joke about stuff a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. So. 
But I, I thought, I like still to this like, day, I, I bring cool that mob. up. Yeah, because I'm just like, because just the way that Nigel's so nonchalantly, like, 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 yeah, come on in, and I'm like, no, yeah, no, no, I would not be cool with that either. So right, I, I was I pissed. I was like, what the fuck? she did bring snacks though. She did bring snacks. Yeah. Your mom brought you postcoital snacks. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if she realized that or if she was just. That's the title I, for this. Yeah. That's that's got to be the title for this. Postcoital snacks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't know if she realized at the time or if she just yeah. thought we were just chilling. That's hilarious. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Oh my god! But, but really funny. That is. That's hilarious. I'm, I'm gonna leave this in. I don't give a shit. All Hi, right. mom. <laughs> oh my god. Love you. It's very funny. <laughs> well, did you know in that moment oh. that he was? I was gonna be the one he married. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if she was that cool with it, she probably had an idea at that yeah. point. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. So, um, to kind of anyway, yeah, transition into what we're talking about just, now. But it, it is still all very fitting, um, actually, because uh, today we're talking about one of my icons, the the mm. ladies that like inspire me, and um, so we're talking about the late and great Mae West. Hell yeah! So Mae yes. Um, uh, for those of you who aren't, excuse me. that was sexy. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was, one of, weak, that was exactly. one of my weak ones. Dude. So. Wow. <laughs> Have you heard her crazy burps? Yes, I've heard Dude. it once and it yeah. was impressive. <laughs> Thank you. But I thought your soul left your body. Yeah. So. Thank you. Sometimes I think I have to vomit and it's a burp. Yeah. 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 So anyway, <laughs> sorry. Not a problem. For those of you who, who don't know who she is, uh, Mae West was a, an actress who was predominantly uh, popular during World War One. Okay. Um, in, in that kind of era and, and kind of into World War Two, So, um, you're thinking 1940s, 1930s, 1940s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is important to note, uh, there's a lot of important things to note about her, but one of the things that I, I find very impressive is that she was a sex symbol in her 30s, her late 30s. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. She didn't start in film until she was 38. That's amazing. And then she played a sexy harlot most of the time. Yeah. And, like, Ooh. with the best one-liners ever. Yeah. She was just, you know, she wasn't conventionally attractive. She wasn't conventionally, um, you know, she didn't have the figure that was conventionally liked. But it was all her attitude. It wasn't about... And I guess she she was really known for saying it's not about how I look or, or what I do. It's about how I say it and how I move. And yeah. how, you know, those things command the audience, yeah. you know. Um, and just overall, very, very impressive woman, um, for her time, way ahead of her time. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll just get into it. Oh, uh, just one more thing. Sorry, before we get into this. No. I just want to remind her, we have, we switched our schedule. So I know last week I told, or not last yeah. week, um, when we, up uh, Saturday, uh, I told you guys we'd be getting into the dread. This is not going to be dreadful. This one's going to be kind of light and happy before we get back into the dread. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this is, yeah. So I'm really excited about this one. This She's so iconic, but I she did just want to mention that she so is. you guys aren't like, I thought we were getting into the dreadful shit. This isn't dreadful. Not yet. Where so. are the dead kids? <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring it back. We promise. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so to start off, uh, many people have heard of the phrase, come up and see me sometime, usually in cartoons, kind of uttered in a low, sultry female voice. Mm -hmm. Few people know where that iconic phrase comes from, though. Um, it was one of many memorable phrases spoken by the amazing and legendary Mae West. She was so good at one-liners. Yeah. Just beautiful, zingy little moments that yeah. I, I love so much. Um, she was a woman way ahead of her time. She was smart. She was funny. She was driven. She was groundbreaking. And yes, of course, beautiful. Um, at least I think so. I think she was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, so. she was gorgeous. Definitely. Yeah. She was. She didn't um, necessarily fit the conventional beauty standards, standards of that time. No. But you don't have to fit conventional beauty standards to be beautiful. No. And, no. and her look was so iconic. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um... But yeah, uh, but of course she wasn't beautiful in a conventional way. May really didn't do anything in a conventional way. She not only uh, belongs in the same league as Marilyn Monroe and Betty Page, but she was actually the original sex symbol, the founding mother of women in Hollywood to write, direct, and produce their own films. Hell yeah. Yep, and yet she's, she's while she's <clears throat> far from forgotten, she's not always a household name anymore. So today I'm going to tell her story, good and bad, and I hope more people will remember and be inspired by her. Yeah. So. I was going to say, I've never heard of her. 
Yeah, and yeah. and yeah. um, I've seen like references to her in like drag shows and yeah. things like that. Uh, I think a lot of the drag community um does remember her because she was an ally. Yeah. Um, yeah. back before it was a thing to be an ally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um. And that's really important to know. And we will actually get into that, too, as to how she was an ally. So um, so we're going to start with her birth, of course, uh, and her parents. And it wouldn't surprise you to find out that her mother and father also defied convention as well. May was born August 17th of 1893 as Mary Jane West. And she did not like that name. Wow, with a name like Mary Jane, though. Yeah, she didn't. Her family called her May as a nickname, and that's what she loved. Yeah. That was how she identified herself. So um, her mother was Matilda Tilly West. Of course, Tilly was her nickname. Yeah. And her father, yeah, her father was John Patrick Battling Jack West. Isn't it kind of crazy that, like, back in the day, Jack was a nickname for John? Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. My, my grandpa, um, Jack, was his nickname. So it's like, yeah. yeah. And I, I've heard a lot of people yeah. that have said that, like, their grandfather's name was John, but he always went by Jack or something yeah. like that. Which is fine. Jack's a great name. So. I have sleepless nights about that. Yeah. It makes really? no sense. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, it's like William and Bill. Yeah. I never understood I know, that. I would just either. want to call him Billiam. Yeah. Yeah. Richard and Dick. Or just like, Will. Yeah. Richard and, yeah. 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 Mm. Don't understand it, but it's okay. Yeah. So I don't have to, I guess. Whatever. It's none of my fucking business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tilly was a German immigrant who uh, craved the stage in the spotlight. Her parents, however, of course, never approved and convinced her to be a seamstress and work making garments. Um, you also have to remember, this was coming off the back of the Victorian era, yeah. and <clears throat> actresses and performers were not looked well upon. Yeah. They were equated with sex workers and considered the same social status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can understand for the time why they would disapprove. Um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where you just didn't want your child, you know, yeah, yeah. involved in something you were worried was going to ruin them it, or make their life harder. It you fits know, the time. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does. I mean, you know what I always find really interesting about uh, people who are anti-sex work or whatever? I'm mm-hmm. like, um, prostitution was like the original job. Yeah. It's like the oldest job. I mean, it goes yeah. back forever. There's always been prostitutes. There always will be. Yeah. Sex oh, work always. is... is valid work and it's you know yeah it's the oldest job that's <laughs> like i just i always think that's just really interesting that people don't really acknowledge that yeah. yep yeah but uh yeah so tilly also never really fully gave up on her dream um of being an actress so um she wasn't content at all with being a seamstress yeah. so she actually uh secretly became a fashion model without wow. her parents knowing <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. So, um, and May's father, he was pretty interesting too. Um, of course, uh, as I said before, his nickname was Battle and Jack, uh, but he wasn't known just for his legal and authorized fights, uh, but also for illegal underground boxing matches. He also did what they called pickup fights at Coney Island. Um, so basically, it was like they were like tent events, yeah, and you could challenge, yeah, people. So, um. He also worked as what they called a special policeman, um, which wasn't a policeman at all. Um, it meant more than likely he was hired muscle for a business or a potentially organized crime. Um, Got it. Yeah. So big, tough dude. Um, eventually, he did become a private detective. And then around the time of May's birth, he actually ran a li- um, liver- livery-, livery stable. I'm just going to say that wrong. Sorry. Um, <laughs> in a very tough neighborhood. So uh, the family had two other members, um, May's younger siblings, her sister Beverly and her brother John Patrick II. Hmm. But May quickly became the focus of her mother's attention after she began showing a desire to perform for friends and family. At five years old, May's first um, role, I, I meant to type role, but I put road and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote my script for the video game crash, I had so many fucking typos. Yeah. I was just, huh? I was <laughs> looking I at it and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> so, um, But her first role was at a church event. Um, by the time she was seven, her mother had enrolled her in a dance school. 
Now, understandably, May's father wasn't initially comfortable with the thought of his daughter performing on a stage, especially since some of the events that she performed in were held in burlesque theaters. Yep, you heard that right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, it is important to note, too, that she was not a burlesque performer that young. Yeah, She was just performing at those venues. Yes. She did sing, she did dance, and she did a comedy routine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from what I understand. And also, um, you know, it it was, again, goes back to that vict- Victorian era thing. Yeah. Um, performers just weren't thought that highly of. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, when you got a chance, it was going to be at venues like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much what they had. Because, again, they were on the same level as sex work at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, so she would perform at ab- amateur nights at burlesque theaters. Uh, however, after she won first place, which had a prize of $10, Hell yeah. yeah, he became a fervent supporter. He would carry her costume trunks around and even would sit in the front rows as her number one fan. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Damn, I so. wish I had a dad. <laughs> Tell me about it. That's <laughs> not funny. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. $10 was a lot. It was a ton back then, yeah. 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 I wonder what the equivalent for that would be now. I can look it up. <laughs> what year was this? 18, um, she was seven no. and she was born in 1893. Yep. Um, her act was mostly satire and dance. There were sexual overtones, but they were used yeah. to comedic effect, mainly because they were poking fun at the Victorian era. Well, of course. And the sort yeah. of like, yeah, the prim and proper kind of nature <laughs> of it that was still kind of holding over yeah. in that time. Is it kind of like that scene from, have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? Um, a long time ago. Do you remember at the end when they were doing the show, like their uh-huh. big act thing, and she oh, started wow. stripping, and that's oh. when her grandpa was like showing her what to do. Oh no! But it, but it was like a little kid's beauty pageant thing. Oh no! Oh, it's so funny. That's so hilarious. Uh, Ten dollars in nineteen hundred was worth three hundred and ten dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a chunk of change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um. Good movie, though. It's worth watching again. Yeah, it, it's been a... I think I, I watched it when it, like, first came out. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a while. Oh, so funny. It was a while back. So funny. But, yep. Um. So typically, <clears throat> 14-year-olds weren't even allowed in these venues, let alone perform at them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. But it was noted uh, that her parents were very protective of her. Um. So they watched out. Um. Yeah, and I, cool. I just to reiterate, yes, this this was a, a different time, you know, so. especially at that time to yes be so supportive of it, you know, yeah. that it just seemed so. Uh, but it makes sense her parents yeah. being who they are because in their in their own ways they were both performers. Yeah, you know, true. Like to a point, boxing is a performance. You are up on a stage and people yeah. are watching yeah, what 100%, you do. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course her being a fashion model, yeah, it was, it's the walking up and down yeah. and, you know, being visible and yeah. Um, so 14 in 1907, she was a professional performer working for the, uh, vaudeville circuit. Now I did include the definition of vaudeville because it isn't really something a lot of people know about today. Yeah. yeah. Um, but vaudeville was a variety act, uh, popular in the early 1900s. It included comedy, dancing, burlesque, and other specialty acts. So it was mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, with different talents. Yeah. So, so like America's Got Talent. Um, kind of. <laughs> I don't think there's judging though. It's <laughs> yeah. just, you went, you yeah. paid, you watched. That's so, cool. yeah. um, she took in everything she could learn, uh, just absorbed it all like a sponge. Crafting and perfecting her persona, she would eventually become famous for. Uh, May stated that one of the acts she found most inspiring was that of an African-American entertainer known as Burt Williams. Williams was known to use innuendo and double entendre to disguise his satiric performance on race relations at the time. And he had it to an art form. So yeah. um, he was... Very, very subtle and very quick-witted. Mm. Um, and it was, it would take audiences, I'd like, a little bit sometimes to pick up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, later this became May's signature way to poke fun at gender norms within society. Um, and just norms in society. In general. In general, yeah. yeah. So, um, her early acts were, as I said, uh, mainly a way to poke fun at Victorian sensibilities. Um, 
And yeah, so that was um, part of her early career. Yeah. Around uh, 1909 or 1910, her mother introduced her to a popular up-and-coming performer named Frank Wallace. Uh, her hope was that they would kind of vibe together, you know, and then yeah. create an act and create a performance together because, mm-hmm. you know, she wanted May to kind of ride on his rising notoriety. Um, and they did. They ended up uh, hitting it off and they created an act together. And after a really brutal rehearsal schedule, they took the act on tour. Unfortunately, um, this tour took her far from her mother's watchful eye. And Wallace began making overtures towards May um, and repeatedly asked her to marry him. She refused at first, um, Mm -hmm. having what they labeled as affairs with other cast members. I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. Um, Affair? Yeah, that's just what it said as affairs. Mm. So, um, eventually an older female cast member named Etta Wood lectured May on her, quote, wicked ways and suggested she married married Wallace to become more respectable. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, April 11th of 1911, at the age of 17, she was secretly married to Wallace in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Not even May's parents knew about the marriage. Ugh. Yeah. She kept it secret, too, until 1935, well into her acting career in her films. Damn. When a staff member was going through paperwork and found the marriage certificate. However, by that time, she had divorced Wallace back in 1920. Oh. So they weren't so, even together. Yeah. No. Um, as soon as they returned to New York, May broke up the act and left Wallace. Oh. So. Um, we love a bad beast. We do. Yeah. So. I think it sounds like, from an outsider looking in, it sounds like she realized that she was played. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That 100%. he had basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after this, uh, May began to realize that she needed to make some changes to her act. She didn't sing or dance well enough to stand out. She changed her hair several times. At one point, she went red, I guess. Um, and then she went blonde, which eventually became her signature look. Her uh, natural hair was very dark. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, But she wasn't really able to break apart from the pack. And then she realized the more risque performances were becoming more and more popular. This was when she began to craft her image using, you know, using sexiness and... Um, the innuendo and everything that she had learned and picked up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, she wasn't the first to do it. There were other women who were, who were pioneering it. Um, but nobody did it quite like me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, later that same year, she got a part in a Broadway comedy show. Uh, despite the show itself being a failure, failure may got noticed right away. Um, Lee and J.J. Schubert, two brothers who were impresarios, and if you don't know who that is, those are people who managed and financed performing arts. Got it. So, so like producers. opera, ballet. Yeah. 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 Um, Thank you, I didn't know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to Google it myself, because yeah. I was like, I, you know, I context clues, yeah. I could kind of yeah. figure out what it was, but I wanted to make sure. 100%. Yeah. So um, they put her in uh, a play called Vera Violetta. Uh, she didn't stay long, however, because she had problems with the show's leading lady. They didn't get along very well. From what I understand, and um, in one of the documentaries that I watched about her, she was a very demanding person. It was her way or the highway. Yeah. And she didn't have a lot of wiggle room. And then again, yeah. at the time, I think she had to be. If yeah. you wanted to be heard, if you wanted to be taken seriously. You wanted to be respected. Yeah. You know. You had, yeah, to, it, you had yeah. to be a bit of a bitch, you know. Yeah. And that's when that thing comes along where bitch stops being an insult and it starts being a compliment. Right. Because it means, you know, it's a woman who gets shit done. Uh, yeah. I mean, defending <clears throat> yourself, standing up for yourself and demanding respect from others does not make you a bitch. Mm-hmm. And um, that's been, it's just been used against women for a long time. And that's probably why she was labeled that way. Realistically, she was probably a pretty reasonable person yeah. who just demanded respect from the other people around her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But people like that throughout history, especially if you're a woman. Get labeled that way, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But the experience and connections she made uh, during this time proved to be very valuable. Uh, she also met another man during this time, but I won't go into any of the details of the relationship except to say it was very passionate um, with a lot of love and a lot of fighting, but all in the public eye. Um, her mother pressured her to leave the relationship, which she eventually did. Um, <laughs> however, 
her mother pressured her not because the relationship was unhealthy, which it was, yeah. um, but because Tilly was more worried about the impact it would have on May's career. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it is important to know, too, uh, she didn't have... Later in May's life, she she talked about the fact she didn't really want deep romances. Yeah. You know, she liked the light, you know, friendly connections with people. And that's how she preferred things. She didn't... Yeah. Um, I guess at some point in time, asked her if she regretted having kids. And she said, absolutely not. You yeah. know, or not having kids. Yeah. And um, her assistant said that just wasn't May. Yeah. May just didn't do regrets. It just yeah. wasn't even in her in her vocabulary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, which I kind of, I kind of, again, I love about her. So. Respected. Yep. Yeah. Um, in 1918, another source claimed 1913. So I wasn't sure. I went with 1918 because this was the, uh, biography channel, um, yeah. article about her. Um, so that's why I tended to, to use this one. Yeah. Um, the Schubert brothers put her in another production, this one called Sometime. She did a dance where she shimmied and stuck out her chest, which was, of course, scandalous at the time, <laughs> but also enticed a lot of other people. So yeah. um, the more people seemed to clutch at the pearls, the more brazen May became. The more and more parts came her way. She began rewriting her parts to fit her persona. And not long after, she even began writing her own plays under the pen name Jane Mast. And it's finally, amazing. yep, in 1926, she wrote, directed, produced, and starred in her own play titled Sex. And, yeah. Just sex. Yep. <laughs> so if you think that would be a big deal now, it was a huge, oh, huge, huge deal in the 1920s. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, newspapers wouldn't even run ads for it because they didn't want yeah. the word sex in their newspaper. Yep. Um, despite the critics booing it for being too sexually explicit, the play was a hit. The city officials had come along, to, and of course the city officials had to come along and spoil the fun. Uh, they actually raided the show and arrested May and most of the cast. Wow. Yep. Damn. On April 19th of 1927, she was prosecuted on moral charges and sentenced to 10 days in prison on what they called Welfare Island, which is now known as Roosevelt Island. Okay. However, <laughs> this just charges. served to make her more popular. Yeah. 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 And while in prison, she dined just about every night with the warden and his wife. And um, did not have a typical prison experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was actually released two days earlier for good behavior. <laughs> After her 10-day sentence. Yep. Yeah. Um, completely and utterly unfazed, she also wrote a play soon after called Drag, which had homosexual themes. It was actually a comedy about a gay couple. Hmm. Yep. And again, very scandalous for the 1920s. Yeah. They didn't even want to acknowledge that gay people existed. Yeah. So uh, the play was a hit in Connecticut and New Jersey, but when she tried to bring it to New York, whoop, whoop, the fun police, and potentially the actual police, uh, in the form of the Society for Police Prevention intervened. I or think Prevention of Vice intervened, yeah. I think at this time, being <laughs> gay was like actually... Uh, uh, it was considered mental illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Thank you. I was <clears throat> like stuck there. Not a problem. <laughs> I'm happy to help. <laughs> and I think it was also like a criminal offense. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, she wrote several more plays, although she didn't star in all of them. She was constantly having to revise her dialogue and plots to fit within the moral code definition. Sometimes the actors were actually given two scripts, one for normal night performances and a sanitized version for nights where they received <laughs> tips that a vice agent would be in the crowd. Oh my gosh. Yep. And of course, all their efforts backfired. She became more and more popular. Her plays and performances were sold out events. And she loved shoving it in their faces. I'm sure. It was like oh, her course. favorite thing. Yeah. The more they <clears throat> gasped and were offended, the more yeah. she loved just smushing it in. Like, so one of my favorite movies of all time is Some Like It Hot. Yeah. Oh, Nigel loves that, that movie. Yes. It, I love that the movie. The lines they pushed yeah. in that fucking movie is just, oh, it, mm, I love it I so know. much. Because yeah. I think it was only they could show, like, sex scenes or something for like five seconds at a time or some shit mm -hmm. just laws were crazy back oh then. yeah well i know just, um psycho the the too. horror film it was yeah. a big deal that they showed a flushing toilet yeah it's like are you 
serious? Yeah. yeah. It's and wild. the shower ske- scene was a whole scandalous thing because mm-hmm. she was, not because she was being brutally murdered, but because she was a sh- in a shower. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> scandalous. Right? I'm calling the police. <laughs> crazy times, man. It, it was. It's <clears throat> wild to think of how different it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in 1932, at the age of 38, Hollywood began to take notice. Yes, 38 years old she began to play the hollywood harlot or bad girl her first film was a small part in a movie called night after night she rewrote her lines however to suit her style and in 1933 she brought her infamous character diamond lil to the screen in the film she done him wrong and it was this role that made where she said the famous line why don't you come up and see me sometime this film starred Cary grant and was even nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. And it is important to note, people firmly give Mae West credit for starting Cary Grant's career. Yeah. And for saving Paramount Pictures. Wow. Really? Yep. Hmm. Um, at the time of the film, Paramount Pictures was going under due to bankruptcy. So. Damn. And, uh, yep. Yeah. And it, she is given credit for single-handedly saving Paramount. That's amazing. Yep. Um. Her second movie was also with Cary Grant, and the movie was called I'm No Angel. Uh, this was a smash hit. And incredibly, in 1935, May was the second highest paid person, person, not woman, in the United States. As a whole. I love that. Yes. Damn. The only person who was paid higher than her was the publisher Wyndham, uh, William, pardon me, William <laughs> Randolph Hearst. Um, it was mm. the highest paid yeah uh, so that's the big leagues that she was playing in damn she so. said wage gap don't know her nope and in <laughs> fact in one of the stories in the documentary said that when she first sat down with the studio to negotiate to talk about her contract she asked what the studio had made yeah and when they told her she goes i want that plus a dollar i love that <laughs> yep <laughs> i'm like that is uh i just that's love her awesome. i love her so much so um but yeah, um, censorship continued, however, to be an obnoxious fly buzzing around her, especially with the creation and the enactment of the infamous Hayes Code in 1934. Um, so again, yeah, the Hayes Code was like the ultimate fun police. Like they yeah. didn't want anything in there and it, everything yeah. was a moral offense. And me just, yeah, the ultimate definition of khaki. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They began to uh, heavily edit May scripts, which did not sit well with her. Yeah. Um, however, it made her respond by just putting more innuendo and double entendre in her works that she so subtly did it confused and baffled the censors. And they didn't catch it most of the time until it was too late and the film was already out. Um, Hell yeah. And most of the time it worked. She got away with it. So... Um, she really spit in their eye in 1936 in the film Klondike Annie, which was about the hypocrisy of religion. Oof. Hearst himself was so infuri- infuriated by this, he refused and in fact forbade any publishing or advertisement of the movie. Despite this, the film did very well in the box office, and people flocked to see the sultry Mae West play a Salvation Army worker. Yep, that was her role. Wow. <laughs> Yep. Over the years, um, the censors continued to nip at May's heels, making it harder and harder for her to work. But she continued to make films and appearances. In 1937, she actually went on an NBC radio show, and her banter with the host had the fun police writing some very strong worded letters. Um, NBC shoveled all of the blame onto May, classy of them. And they banned her from appearing on any of their other broadcasts. Wow. Yep. Uh, now, you may find it funny, but in, it is, in fact, um, an interesting fact. May did not drink. She was what they called a teetotaler at the time. She did not do any kind of drugs. She did not drink. She didn't do wow. anything like yeah. that. She was very, very strict about this. Hmm. Um, the story that I heard goes that when she was 18, she got drunk, and she went home, and she actually got in, her, in a fight with her mother, and she was very disrespectful to her mother. And it bothered her so badly, she refused to touch alcohol again. Wow. She never wanted to speak to her mother like that again. She was very, very close to her mom. Yeah. So, um, Hell yeah. 
Yep, and she she visited speakeasy. She partied. She did all this. They, in her film, she would hold a martini glass and things like that, but she would not drink. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, Go her, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I only actually found this out because um, she had a co-star, W.C. Fields, who was a popular comedy actor at the time, and she butted heads with him frequently because he was a notorious uh, drunk. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and ni- the 1939 film Dusty Rides Again. Uh, the film was a success, and it outgrossed both of Field's previous two films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I only mention this because the studio gave her creative control of the film, which was why it did so well. So, wow. yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she kind of like just strongmaned her in, her, her way into uh, yeah doing this, and that that's <laughs> so like powerful and inspiring. It really is. She was very much, um, if you want what I have, you will work with me and you will give me creative control. And she refused to give creative control up, which I really, really love. Um, However, things began to slow down for me, um, as they do for every actor and actress. And in 1943, at 50 years old, she was considering retiring. Um, she talked about she was talked into doing one last film for a friend, but it lacked everything that had made May popular, and it bombed. Unable to leave it like that, however, she opened her own nightclub in 1954 and started uh, and starred in the performances. After three very successful years, she finally felt like she could retire. Her autobiography was titled "Goodness Had Nothing to Do with It," a line from one of her films, and it became a bestseller in 1959. That's wow, awesome. that's so, so cool. <laughs> a little bit about that uh, that line, uh, which I fucking love. That line. Um, she was talking to in the film. She was talking to a coat check girl, mm. and the coat check girl goes, "Goodness, your diamonds are gorgeous," and she goes, "Goodness had nothing to do with it," and walks away. <laughs> so hell yeah, yeah. She just she had the best lines. I I still I just love them. So um, she continued to be an absolute badass into the sixties, putting in guest appearances on hit shows like Red Skelton and Mr. Ed. Wow. Yep. She even recorded a few albums, including a rock and roll album and a Christmas one. And it's said to be noted that the Christmas one was not in line with a religious holiday. Again, it was more of a poke at religion. Yeah. So I'm here for that. Yeah. yeah. I am too. So <laughs> she just, she was an absolute legend. Um, she appeared in two other films. Um, the last one being of her own creation called Sextet. Um, in 1978. And fun fact, uh, Dom DeLuise was in it with her. So, um, for those who don't know him, uh, Godfather. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yep. He actually narrated um, the documentary that I watched for her, too. He really? was Yeah. He, awesome. he loved her very much. Yeah. And it was very clear how, how much he felt about her. Um, well, oh. it didn't do it well in the box office. It did become a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and sadly, we come to the end of this queen's reign. On September 18th, 1980, she suffered a stroke. And by November 22nd of 1980, the icon passed away. Oh. Yep. And her body is now laid to rest in her beloved Brooklyn. And she, she lived a pretty long life, though. Yeah. She did. Yeah, she was in her 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And from what I understand, too, like, she she lived a very reclusive life, though. Yeah. She yeah. wasn't, she didn't like sightseeing. She didn't like going out and being around people. Me. Um, her assistant said that, like, when she went shopping, they would drive around at night mm-hmm. and she would window shop, essentially. Really? She would go walk out. She would, you know, she would look at the, the styles, the colors. Mm-hmm. Um and then if somebody was walking down the street, she would get back into the limo until they passed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then get back out and continue window shopping. I and then love that. Yeah. So and then much. the next day would order whatever she wanted from yeah. them. So, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but she was, just, she was um, very much a homebody. And from what I understand, people said in, in part it was because she had played the character and the persona of Mae West for so long that she didn't actually know who she was yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's exhausting to play a part all the time. Oh, for yeah. years, so, too, yeah. Yeah. Just, yep, and mm. she just, you know, her privacy was something she very much valued. Yeah. Um, I totally get it. 
Yeah. In fact, one of the lines that somebody said in, in the documentary was that Mae West essentially trapped Mae West. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is kind of sad, but um, at the same time, again, she just was one of those things she didn't do regrets. Yeah. You know, she lived her life exactly how she wanted it. And they said if she had wanted to go out on boat rides, if she had wanted, she would have done it. Right. Absolutely nothing was stopping her from exactly. doing it, and it wasn't an issue of will because... Will was not a problem for right, her. Right, right. Um, it was just, she simply had no desire to do these things. Yeah. So, but, um, yep. And there we are, uh, left with her films to remember her by. Uh, she only made 11 films, but she's still considered one of the most iconic female actresses of all time. She was one of the first female writers, producers, and directors in Hollywood. The woman responsible for saving Paramount. She um, the woman who told the world that yes, women do in fact enjoy sex and not only is that okay, it's empowering. An ally to the LGBTQ plus community before it was ever a thing and during that time, it was also common for vaudeville actors to take credit for black performers' work. May not only gave credit to the black um, performers, she openly listed them as her influence and supported them. She also supported her local chapters of the NAACP and um, federal anti-lynching lynching legislation and promoted black entertainers. Um, you know, she may not have been considered a, a class act back in her time, but for my money, she's one of the classiest. So, yeah. Yeah. You can have your Marilyn's. You can have your Betty's. I want May. And that's firmly how I feel about it. <laughs> But yeah, that's Girl, the end. Killed it. So, killed it. I love this woman, and yeah. I only touched on a very, very small part. Sorry, I'm starting to get like dust in my no, throat, so I'm trying cry. like not were, to. I thought you were crying. <laughs> no, I, I feel like like, like she... my throat is like. Ugh. Yeah. You don't know the love she has for this woman. <laughs> I know. You know, it I did deep. though. <laughs> I I did cry through doing a lot of the research yeah. because, like, I do. I respect her so much. So it's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah, it is for sure. It very much is, and it's what sad to me. That more people don't know about her and yeah. everything that she's yeah. done. So, if you like Paramount Films, you have Mae West to thank. Exactly. If you like Cary Grant, you have Mae West to thank. Mm. Um, if you like, you know, the fact that sex symbols became a thing. If you like the Marilyn Monroe, if you like Betty Page, then you have to thank Mae West. Yeah. Yep. Um, Fuck yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. So, my sources were um, the uh, Biography.com article um uh on may west so if you type in it if you just type in may west at biography.com it'll pull it up yeah um the other one was um from csusm.edu uh history professor consults in new may west film documentary by brian hero june 15th of 2020 and on um... youtube um they have the hollywood collection channel and may west and the men who knew her was the documentary that yeah. I watched, and that was um, the one that Dom DeLuise uh, narrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so fucking awesome. Yeah, so wow. she was a bad bitch, and uh, I love it. I love everything about her. So. Yeah, what yeah, icon. yeah. She was. Absolutely. She was. She was. Um, I did write down some of her her lines too because I just love them. They're just very iconic. Yeah, and some of them we've we've heard, but we don't know don't where know we've heard or... them from. Yeah. Yes. Um, one of the popular ones that like everybody's heard, but nobody knows where it comes from is when I'm good, I'm very good. And when I'm bad, I'm even better. Um, uh, that was her. See. Yep. That was her. Okay. Yep. Um, this one was, I wrote a, I wrote a story myself. It's about a girl who lost her reputation and never missed it. <laughs> Love that. Yep. Uh, this one is, there are no good girls gone, just bad girls found out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yep. You only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. YOLO. So, this one was particularly hilarious to me. Sex is like a good bridge. The game bridge. Um, the mm -hmm. card game. If you don't have a good partner, you better have a good hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I just, I love the thought of somebody saying that, especially Such like in legend. the 1920s. At yeah. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this one was, uh, all discarded lovers should be given a second chance with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then la wow. last and possibly my favorite is cultivate your curves. They may be dangerous, but they won't be avoided. 
Love that. Hell yeah. Yep. Um, also, kind of Oof. fun fact that was interesting to me. She was only like five feet tall. Really? <laughs> she was itty bitty. Yeah. <laughs> she Love wore, um, her signature shuffle actually came because she wore very, very high heels and yeah. platform shoes wow. to give her more height. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. She's um interesting icon. lady. Icon. Yeah, absolutely. An I love icon. It. Oh my gosh. Well, that was awesome, Brenna. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. It Thank was. You. It was. She's like I said, a cool lady and more people need to know about her exactly. and what she did for the film industry. I'm sick of Marilyn and Rose. <laughs> Look, I oh, like damn. Marilyn, I like me Betty, too. but me like too. for me, May is the end all be it all. Yeah, exactly. She right. is the OG yeah. of uh sex symbols. She did it before it was cool. She so. did. <laughs> she yeah, yeah. made it cool. Yeah, exactly. she literally made made it cool we have a trendsetter mm. yep mm-hmm. so i love it and uh i'm really glad thank you guys for letting me share it with you today of course thank you so hope y'all enjoyed that yep yes so uh yeah there we are everybody mm. um again you can always follow us on our social media so um i did figure out how to change it on <gasps> um instagram finally so yep we are the wicked side podcast on instagram instagram Yep, we're still Wicked Myth on Facebook. I am Yay. still arguing with Facebook trying to fix that. Yeah. Um, and I think don't think we've changed our Twitter yet. No. Have we okay. changed our email? No. No. Yeah. Haven't. No. Um, I, I will be making another email, though. Yeah, we'll probably yeah, just make a second one. But yeah, for yeah. now, if you have anything you want to send us, um, any... Uh, questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> Hopefully you don't stories? have concerns. <laughs> but yes, stories we would really love. Um, yeah, you can email us at uh, wickedmythpodcast at gmail.com. So. Yeah, thank you guys so much for being uh, patient through our rebranding. Yes. I know it's been kind of confusing because our socials are a little off. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think most of you guys are, have been following us there anyway. So. Um, but yeah. boy, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. We it had a nice is. couple weeks off. Not super nice. Not but. for Brenna for the last bit. But yeah. 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 But yeah, we had a little bit of time off. It was great. We're really, really glad to be back now, three episodes later yeah. that we're yes. saying that. But um, yeah, we'll be back uh, on on uh, 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 Saturday. Another day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to really think about that because I was like, I always want to say our recording day. But yeah. then I'm like, they're not going to get it on recording the, day. Yeah. No, so uh, <laughs> we'll be back on Saturday uh, with some dreadful shit. So yeah. enjoy the light while you got yes. it. Yeah. Exactly. And then, yeah, my next one's going to be kind of dark too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're turning more to the dark stuff, but I just think the <laughs> unit seven thirty one scarred us. It did. That one was a yeah. hard. Thanks, episode. Chris. We love you. <laughs> yeah, that was a really hard one. It, like, it's yeah. just, yeah. I think that almost has a lot to do with why we've changed our schedule around. It's like, <clears throat> I don't know. Do we want to get back into the dreadful shit yet? And my yeah. case is a particularly dreadful case. And yeah. with so twenty twenty, how it was. Yeah. And yeah. get with that. Just... Not to say we're not going to shy away from the dark stuff. <laughs> it's very much who we are and on brand, but we don't want to beat you relentlessly. Exactly. Yeah, like if we're gonna, if we give you something super heavy, we're gonna give you a light episode after. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna try you to know. keep yeah. it that way. So, so yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, that's all I got. We'll see you on the <laughs> other side. <laughs> like a question? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see you folks on the other side. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.